0: Saints fans, we're having a look at 2015 for the Saints and the big uh, optimistic look at 2016 for them. Um, On the whole of it, this is, let's say, halfway through the Saints rebuild.
1: Yeah,
0: they're building well.
1: I think we can safely say that.
0: They're building towards something. They've been very deliberate in their builds as well. Mm -hmm. They've been happy to get um, lots of top 20 picks. They're not trying to just Mm -hmm. get the number one draft picks, which they have got, but they've said we'd rather have picks, you know. Four and five to, yeah. to go rather than just the big one type of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they've traded off some of the guys who are quality players but not going to be in their next premiership side or the next finals tilt side anyway.
0: Well, I mean, you have a look at who they've lost over the last, I don't know, six, seven years. You yeah. look at Luke Ball, Nick mm. Dalsando, mm. Brennan Goddard. Um, and Now you can throw in um, bloody big boy McAvoy.
2: Well, it was yeah. a championship side that just didn't get there. Oh,
0: mm. Ball bounces the other way, they yep. win. Yeah, um, and twice and everyone was that. hoping for that to fucking. up. Uh, probably
2: oh, f- the bloody earth. I actually, st- I was dealing in the casino then, and I actually stopped my table for that last five minutes. Yeah, and it was that close of a game that my players were like. all right, fair yeah, enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, but the thing with the Saints and a young squad, like you said, with this developing, I found that a lot of the problems that you anticipate with young squads, mainly being heart, being able to run out of game, and um, not being and um, being scared, was yep. were signs they didn't show. Uh, I f- found that they. They, for whatever reason I think it was kind of just innate in the players that they got didn't show those signs and so I think that's a really good step forward for a young squad. I think that's you're very right backing yourself is
1: something that a lot of the younger players don't do consistently. They'll, yeah. In the first quarter if they have a good run they'll keep it going but if that first run they get tackled holding the ball or whatever they tend to sort of be in two minds the rest yeah. of the game yeah. uh, whereas St Kilda for whatever reason they've, the young guys seem to be able to back themselves and if it doesn't turn, turn out the way they want Keep cracking at it. Yeah, they don't give up,
0: and they haven't had that many misses in their trades or drafts in the last couple of years as well. No, yeah. I mean guys I, I also like can't think of one. Yeah, they've got guys like you know uh, Jack Billings and Luke Dunstan that um, you know high picks, not mm. you know top two. Um, yeah, they've gone. you gone. You know what? That's better than we hoped for.
1: I rate Jack Billings so fucking
2: high. Yeah. Well, when you look at when they recruited Jack Billings. I mean, they've got uh, Nathan Freeman now from the yep. uh, Pies. And so if you look at... Was it two years ago? I think so. Was that that draft? They essentially have got four top 20 picks that year with Billings, Freeman, Dunstan and Akers.
0: And very deliberate. That's what they wanted. It was a bulk of picks.
2: And I must say, all my research for the Saints um, podcast for for this one isn't done by me at all. My best mate's a Saints supporter. So... (laughs) So I just outsourced that and got a old mate to do all the research for me since he's got yeah. his ear to the ground. Shout out to Team Baldwin, who are probably anyone's the only ones listening. If we didn't do a positive one, they'd probably stab us. So.
0: <laughs> it's always that good, Charts. Um, so let's have a look at then uh, how they went for the year. Um, we always start off with having a look at their best wins. And I think, you know, round six against the Bulldogs is just screaming out. Mm. Um, to be down by 50-odd points and yeah. to come back uh, and get the, the win with, you know... Uh, not only just to get the win, they yeah. also they got in front with enough time left to lose it. Yeah. So then they had to hang on.
2: And seriously, if you didn't know either team, you would swear that at half time they just went went into the change room, swapped Guernsey's, and then came back out and started playing again. <laughs>
0: it's unbelievable. Not, I mean, really, what were they? 50, 55 points down. Yeah. More no, or less
2: 10 goals down.
0: Not only that, after half time, Bulldogs kicked the first one. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you've gone into the sheds, you know, pretty down in yourself and yeah. kicked two goals for a half. And then they kicked another one. It's like, oh, more of this. Yeah, that's just that's what they needed to kick but, themselves into gear.
1: But that's exactly why you stay to the end of the game. Because if you're a supporter and you see that at <laughs> halftime and you go, yeah. on, "Fuck, this is bullshit," and you go home, you've missed out, mate.
0: Your yep.
2: membership was would have paid off right there.
0: If you're a Saint supporter though, you, you're used to this kind of stuff. Oh so yeah, they've had. So yeah, a, a you're in for on. the long haul.
2: Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, when doing the research for this podcast and you're trying to pick the Saints' best and worst performances, when you go through their entire season each game could have been a best or worst performance, like just based on the stats.
0: Yeah, hmm. okay, I yeah. can see that. Like,
2: look at the start. If you go up to the top of their their season, you've got Gino West, who, who gave them a height that Eddie had. Well, not a highden, but 10 points, more or less. Then you've got um, Gold Coast, who they beat, which could have been a best performance. They got touched up by Collingwood, yeah, which could good, have been a worst performance. Good touch up by yeah. Collingwood.
0: Got beat. But uh, even that, even with the touch up by Collingwood, they've still kicked 10 goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, you, you've let Collingwood kick 20, but... Yeah. It's showing that there is some offense there.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the offense wasn't sort of a problem they had because they got Nunez up there, who is one of the standouts for youngsters uh, playing up forward. And luckily, he's in a team that's like St Kilda where he gets a go. Sort of allowed Rieult to be pushed up forward, uh, pushed up further up the field.
0: Um, the other big win I had them down for was round fifteen. Yeah, uh, I think it's round ra- no round fourteen. Sorry, against Essendon. Yeah, so uh, they put hundred and ten points um, gap in between them. Yep. and effectively ended James Hurd's coaching career. Yeah. Um well let's say they had the assist. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in that regards. Um I think it was 2008 or 2009. It might have been the last time that the Saints won by 100 points. Really? No, nah, they probably did during 2010 when they were uh, grand finalists in 2011. Could but it, yeah. Anyway, fucking ages So they so, yeah. you know uh, put on a massive win like this.
2: Yeah. And just the score up uh, the uh score of St Kilda with 25 goals and 12 behinds is very, very accurate, very accurate and efficient for a very high scoring game.
0: Um, It was, it was great uh, to watch as someone that sort of, everyone's got the Saints as a feel good story. You know, you want to get them to get up there for number two. Yeah. um, And to show that when things are going their way, they could actually put the foot on the throat. Yeah. And really make a killing of it.
1: And they did that. And look, Essendon have had their fair share of sympathy and
2: haters and everything, but it is brilliant to see St.
1: Kilda just be ruthless.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's good to see any side be ruthless unless it's playing your team. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that pisses off about the Tigers is they can never do that. And so for a young squad to keep their composure and not sort of get a bit in all order of the moment that you're belting the shit out of Eston and MCG, you know, it, it really is
0: one of those not, notches in their belt. Yeah, absolutely mm. was. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at the best wins, the next logical place to go is the worst losses. Um, I think, to me, there was one that really stood out, and that was Anzac Day yeah, um, against Carlton over in um, New Zealand, which yeah. I think they're finished with the New Zealand experiment now.
2: Oh, they should be. I think they got 12,000 people out to watch the game, which, which on is, Anzac Day is fucking ridiculous. It, oh, it's, it's better than you get to a regular round at... Uh... Most places, yeah, but this is Anzac Day. You know yeah, what I mean. True. This is built on footy. Like, you, if you want to get Anzac Day seats for the footy game, generally you have to get them at the start of the season as soon as yeah, they come they, out. They're competing with the rugby league Anzac Day games too, aren't they?
1: Are they over New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. There you go. Oh, uh, there's no way rugby league over there isn't having Anzac yeah. Day games. Sure. I, I, I didn't realise that a rugby. Regardless, rugby Anzac if Day. you
0: put that on at um, uh, Etihad Stadium, you're getting 40. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Doesn't know um, who plays. So yeah. you got 12 over there, plus God knows what they had to spend in marketing it and all that kind of gear but I think it's uh, was it at Wellington yeah Wellington Wellington Council pulled the pin
1: and with the conversion rate 12,000 is only about 8,900 anyway
0: close to that yeah (laughs) Um, this is a game where they had the ascendancy um, halfway through and then Carlton actually looked good I think it was the one time for the year Carlton actually did look good yeah and (laughs) it's a little bit you needed somebody to just I don't know throw some weight around or something yeah and maybe that is one thing they're missing is that um, hardness
1: they yeah. might have got half-pissed on the plane over there. It might have helped.
2: That's probably... Yeah. Probably hardness. hardest duty-free. Free. They should have got pissed before the game as well as on the way over there. Maybe they would have been a bit more tough. I don't yeah, know. bit of
0: something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that they can get... Uh, St. Kilda of history or get themselves in trouble when they start to try and play hard <laughs> on and off the field. But, yeah. Sometimes you, you need a little bit of that um, unsociable football, yeah, as I mean, uh, Robert Walls calls it.
2: Maybe it could have been the trip over there or something. But I think it was six goals to two in the last quarter which pretty much did them in.
0: What is
1: sociable football, if we got unsociable?
0: Well, it's what they were playing. It's the <laughs> think, opposite, isn't it? Yeah, it's sociable,
1: co- like, you know, do you rock up and say, mate, let's just uh, put the barbie right here in the at the point post? That's correct. Sociable football is B-grade.
2: <laughs> you got the beer cans yeah. hidden. The yeah. pub the
0: pub footy league.
2: Exactly. You've got the fattest bloke at full forward because you sit <laughs> in the goal square and pop it up to him.
0: Who gets a case for every goal he kicks. Exactly. I think that's, there's one of them in every regional league around the country. I was well, did
2: well be, out
1: of that. There actually is the um, unprofessional football league.
0: Yeah, it's Just the pub it. league.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh. Where they had a time trial for their pre season four years ago and they haven't finished it yet. <laughs> still waiting on it. Um, the other bad loss I had was round 15. Um, against GWS, yeah. um, the only reason is they kicked six goals thirteen, so that's a poor turnout. But this came the week after they've put one hundred and ten points on um, Essendon, yeah. so you'd hope you have that um, form carry through a little bit. Yeah, that's not to say GWS are a bad side. I mean, that, they didn't play finals, and yeah. I you know, at home I'd probably pick GWS to win anyway. Yeah, but not by six goals.
2: Yeah, and not not especially St Kilda kicking six goals thirteen. Yeah, yeah, and.
1: To just kick six goals in a game, you're not going to win. You, you cannot win yeah. kicking just six goals. But uh, especially when we've just pumped up St Kilda's ability to score, to have that return, yeah. pretty disappointing.
2: And that's the worst thing, is seeing you kick six goals, but you kick 13 points, you can see that you could have won that game.
0: Yeah, mm. exactly. A little bit of accuracy, Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a different result. Um, just interesting, I noticed that that was their equal lowest score for the... Uh, no, it wasn't, sorry. In the last round, they kicked four goals, six um, so the last two weeks, they kicked uh, eight goals, what's that, eight goals, 20, yeah. against uh, two top four teams. On your hindsight, that's a rough run home for uh, for the Saints.
1: What, going from Port, Frio, over at Frio, oh no, Frio in Melbourne, North, Geelong, Sydney, West Coast. You, you're playing a finalist in a team that should have been a finalist.
0: I think even when we were following the season um, last year in our weekly ones, we said that the Geelong game was their last hurrah for the year. It was their last chance to get a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they ended up with a draw, which is almost a big one.
2: Yeah. But uh, a draw where they outscored uh, their uh, opponent. Yeah, they
0: had more yeah. scoring shots, but it just didn't get over the line. So it was almost that moral victory anyway.
2: Yeah. And especially since Geelong were they were... Ninth, looking ninth, at 8th, yeah. I think, around that time.
0: They still had a chance. That, um, in hindsight, might have cost Geelong a spot there. yeah. Yep. So, you know, if you know any Geelong supporters, Saints, you know, get into them. You fucked up <laughs> their year for them. Um So who are the big standouts for them for this year? Well, when I say this year, I mean last year.
1: Like we touched on earlier, for me, Jack Billings is, is developing, but his ability to kick the ball is fantastic. He's got a massively long kick and he tends to find open players and he's, he can shoot from a long
2: way back. Yeah, Jack Billings uh definitely be a standout. Um, obviously, there's Nunes as well, who I thought provided a good target up forward, sort of allowed Rewalt to come up and start attacking the goals facing facing forward. Um,
0: uh, I had uh, uh, Armitage, who I Armitage thought... Armitage, definitely. He, yeah. he, I think he won the their medal, uh, yeah. which the name just escapes me right now. He Pretty much Nathan Jones the whole season.
2: Medal. Sorry? So he pretty much Nathan Jones the whole season.
0: Yeah. If he was in a, a team that won more games, he'd probably uh, go a lot closer to All-Australia. Yeah. Uh, mm. But uh, some of those games that uh, we just mentioned, their biggest wins, he's getting nearly 40 touches. Yeah. And he's fairly decent with the ball too. Like, you trust him. Yeah.
2: And, and turning the game around on his own hand, on his own boot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys that brings other players in, which is what you want in your mids. It's um, just that ability to have players that are having a bad time, give them a bit of the ball... Get it back and get it moving.
0: Especially with such a young team, uh, they need that leadership there. When yep. they've traded out a lot of leadership, yeah. Um, in going into the deep into the drafts, um, I also had Josh Bruce because yeah, he yeah. took. Yeah, I still believe Mark of the Year in round Fuck. one.
2: I was I was saying Nunes, but I meant Bruce. <laughs> I, I, I thought you
0: might have, but I was going to let it go. I
2: reckon the Saints fans might have known that too.
0: Um, and my lasting memory of that grab is Nick Rewalt in front of it. Yep. Yeah, down there waiting for the crumb, yep. like a good boy that he is, and he's just gone. You, you, put the hands up. Yeah. I can't believe it. I right, front row seats.
2: There's passing the torch, and then there's someone going. Oh, take this torch. Thank you very much. Absolute screaming. And I yeah. uh,
0: I did not know that Josh Bruce was an AFL footballer before this year. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, um, and uh, he kicked he a couple of bags of five and six, um, which yeah. shows that Rewalt's still still there and still doing everything that you'd expect him to do. And I
2: think that's what, what makes the Saints look so good is their um, young players doing things that uh, six, seven-year-old players should yep. be doing. But there's just a bit of consistency and a few little maybe tactical areas that, that they have. But the thing is, it's easier straighten those out than try and teach young kid talent.
1: Six or seven years old?
2: Six
0: yeah, seven sure. careers. <laughs> six or seven years in. Um, and they had a lot, of, a lot of other players that just weren't bad. Like, uh, Jack Stevens uh, was this his first year back from his massive knee?
2: Yeah, I think so,
0: yeah. Uh, um, uh, Sean Dempster had a good year. Delaney had good years. Yep. Um, so they had uh, uh, Luke Dunstan and Eli Templeton. Eli Templeton had, a, um, I thought, a chance he could have gone missing Yeah. Uh, this year. But then he'd sort of pop up and have a good couple of games. You thought, okay, there you Especially go. Especially
2: when he needed to as well, yeah.
0: So they didn't have any... How uh, do you
1: name a kid Eli these days?
0: Because you're
1: Jewish. I don't know. <laughs> That's more Amish. Yeah,
2: all right. Your story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Run with it. Um, and uh, I've got to say, Sam Fisher had a good year as well. Mm. Because they're an undersized backline, and he's having to play on some of the monsters yeah. um, down there and direct everything that's going on down yeah. back.
2: And didn't have a whole lot of support this season. No. but no. The thing is, the Saints have recruited pretty well in regards to backline talent. So uh, you'll definitely have support coming through. I think they've
1: rec- recruited well in talent. I don't know about they've recruited well in muscle. Yeah. Like, um, these days, mobile back lines are sort of the standard. You'll have, you know, teaming up where the ball's going to end up,
2: trying to crumb and rebound from back, but
1: you still need that thug yeah. back there. Uh,
2: but they're hard to recruit. They're more built players that, that form into those roles. Full forwards that get fat. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs>
0: um, so let's move on to 2016 then. Uh, when we look to the ins and outs, um, there is a big fucking an asterisk here which is a shame for Saints <laughs> yeah. they traded was it pick 4 or pick 5 yeah, I can't remember for, uh, pick 5 I'm pretty sure for Jake Carlisle yeah. and now he's not playing for this year but look you know that's the caveat um, like, th- beware. Th- they're hoping that um, he'll hang around for a lot longer and like we said an undersized back line um, yeah. Carlisle who's frustrated playing forward for Essendon yeah. wants to play centre half back yeah. so they got him to fill that role and he's just yeah. going to have to wait 12 months
1: I mean the silver lining to that is that uh, a lot of players carry injuries through from season to season, and they never quite get themselves right. Yeah. At least now you've got a chance for Carlisle to, you know, he's going to be trained on his own for 12 months, but he'll be able to be injury-free as much as possible.
0: I wonder if they're going to keep the club-imposed club, inspo, um, club imposed sanction on him for um, going the Charlie during the off-season. Oh, that's right, um, yeah. You got, uh, I think he got a couple of games club suspension, and so now might. he's got 22 games from Asada.
1: Yes, we can't play to round 2017? twenty seventeen. You'd,
0: you'd a probably rough. call it square and tell. I got to say, you go, mate. I think you've learnt. Take yeah. a
1: few shifts at the pub, and we'll sort
2: it out. Don't tell you the dinner season.
0: He's working construction, actually. Is he? He's uh, yeah, he's got a job during this uh, this off season. Construction a personality. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like to see him on the job. You know, you go, this house is fucked. <laughs> there, go stop. <laughs> um, who else we got? We got Nathan Freeman, which we spoke about um, across from Collingwood. Uh, yep. Handy player. Um, but I think he's also in that uh, same age bracket yeah. as uh, the rest of their, their bulk of draftees.
2: And his problem was hamstrings, I think. Um, really not very good. So if he can, maybe a bit of time off, done him well. Uh, could yeah. recuperate. But definitely had talent. Definitely showed the, uh, a very good ability to read the ball. Um, so if he can stay fit and healthy and his hamstrings are rehabilitatable, if that's a fucking word, yep. yeah. then you can expect him to... Um, probably really fill a role with the, with the Saints.
0: Just thinking too, he's been at Collingwood for a couple of years. I wonder if uh, Richardson was an assistant when he was at Collingwood as well. Oh, yeah. It could yeah. be. So could it, been, it yeah. might be a little bit of um, carryover Inside there. Inside knowledge. Yeah. yeah, could be. Well, there was good
2: good wraps on on him. It was mainly just his injuries that sort yeah. of forced him out.
0: Um, so on the outs then, and this is where they've, I think that they haven't done too badly. They've had to move some older talent on. They've got yep. rid of the clockers. Yeah. Um, Schneider uh was unlucky, but he played his two hundred odd games and I think he was very handy. Um so he's uh he's retired. Mm-hmm. Um Ahmed Saad, who managed to wear his suspension and come back and be okay. Yeah. Um he,
1: he's, was, a, he's a clogger.
0: Yeah. I, I saw him play a couple of VFL games and yeah. he was good for VFL. Yeah. But the difference between VfL and AFL is still massive. Yeah,
2: it's
1: huge. Like you can be good in VfL, but unless you're making the AFL coach say no, nah, I, I need this guy on my side. He's cutting him apart. You really haven't done your career any favours.
0: Well, I mean, sitting on the sidelines for 18 months yeah, yeah. doesn't uh, doesn't help.
1: Well, hopefully the Carlisle will come out of that better.
0: Um, but, I mean, he, he still might come back, Saad. You never know. Um, and the other one was Farron Ray, who I was a little bit surprised uh, because I thought he was a handy player. Um, I think they, to, they got rid of
1: him. The approach they've had is, will Farron Ray be in the next finals tilt side? And the answer is no.
0: It's, yeah, that's probably right. I mean, he's, if you're looking at finals in the next two to three years, he, maybe he's there, because I think he's 28, 29. He's getting on, yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, a little bit close, but I, I thought he was worth one more year. But um, it, anyway, he's gone off in North Melbourne and picked him up for nothing.
1: Well, yeah, he's an older bloke, so North were very interested. Yeah, <laughs> um, Like they do. They've got him on the boomer juice, so he'll be playing until the year 2048. <laughs>
0: Um, so, the other way you get players in is obviously through the draft. We can have a look at their draft picks. But, I mean, uh, we've got, we've got Jake, Jade Gresham, Brennan White, and the big one is uh, Bailey Rice. Um, the big one, because he was a father-son pick who had rights to go to Carlton or St. Kilda, yep. and he picked Saints. So, that's something that um, you know somebody from the outside has said, I want to go here rather than there. Yeah, I mean, rather than there is Carlton who are a fucking basket <laughs> <Yeah>. case. <Yep. laughs> but the point is that he did pick you over somebody. So you're not 18th on his list.
2: The good thing is, you know that all the other clubs are circling around, is it Wheatering who they picked up?
0: Yep. Carlton? Yeah, yeah. Carlton's
2: no one is going to be out of there in at least two to three years. He looked bloody good <laughs> in yep. the nab too, Wiedering.
0: In yep. a game where Carlton got thumped.
2: So he could end up in a St. Kilda or someone like that who has draft
0: picks to trade off. <laughs> two or three years, that's all you got to wait. Yeah.
2: And I think with their, their drafts, with the way they went uh, last year, I think you'll see the drafts they got last year really stepping up into the team as opposed to this year. Yeah. Well, I think that's they, had, hope. they did yeah. pretty well out of that draft. So, got well, a couple of inside tips. Apparently, yeah. um, uh, Jack, Jack Sinclair is Jack Billings' best mate. Ended up at the Saints. Um, played last year in... Was it, was he's, he's, all, he's a rookie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kicked, always- kicked the goal every game. So oh, that's definitely right. got the ability to step up and, and be a uh, servant to that forward line, which will really allow Rewards to come up forward.
1: The coaches think the same. They promoted him from rookie, rookie list, so they're yeah. expecting him to make an impact this year.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, Lukey Dunstan had a bit of a year off, but his, his first year was a standout year, and maybe he's got a bit more attention in yep. the second year. So it'll be interesting to see second how he... Blues. Yeah, how he... Um, bounces back from that and what he's done the off-season to rectify sort of the pressure that was applied to him uh, last year.
0: So on to their draw for 2016 then. Their double-up games are against North, Bulldogs, Essendon, Carlton, Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, something interesting about those f- uh, five teams, they're all Victorian-based. Yeah. So the good true. thing for the Saints, I don't think they have back-to-back trips all year um, interstate.
1: With those double-ups, Essendon, Carlton, Melbourne, you'd expect them to put them away.
0: Me- well, Melbourne's a good one. Because I think that Melbourne and Saints are at the same sort of rate okay. of, of growth. I mean, Melbourne finished with more wins last year. So
1: uh, I'd I put St Kilda's momentum ahead of Melbourne. I think Melbourne are sort of... Their draw will depend on how they finish. They're, they're not going to hassle finals at all. Um, they might be able to overcome some of the lower sides, but they're not going to hassle any of
0: the top eight. Well, I mean, that's how it goes, though. I mean, uh, yeah, if, if it, it could be that I think that the... Melbourne are assembling a really good side. Yeah. I'm just seeing how they finished on the ladder last year. Um, so, seven wins. So, they only had one more win than St Kilda. Well, um, St Kilda had
1: that draw. So, they had the same amount of losses. Yeah. But, um, to so, my mean, money...
0: Very close.
1: If I was St Kilda, I would be gutted if they finished below Melbourne next uh, in 2016. Because I think uh, they have a much greater potential than Melbourne at this current moment. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, but, yeah, it is good that they've got... A good draw for them. And you are right in pointing out Melbourne, because like we said, they're both so close this year, and I predict they're going to be close again next year. So they've got two chances to try themselves against them?
1: Yeah. I think that'll be their pass mark. Uh, if they want to go ahead, they need to be winning both of those games against either Western Bulldogs or North Melbourne. I, I think cause North and West, Western Bulldogs are those teams that can turn up on the day or not. If they can steal a win in the first fu- um, first fight, for <laughs> First game. First, first leg. First leg. Uh, they could come into the second leg pretty confident and give them a damn good shake and probably even take the chocolates. So to me, those two double-ups are where their season's decided whether they're going to be uh, thereabouts or whether they're going to be just happy to rebuild. Well, we yeah. expect them to yeah. give
0: Essendon and Carlton a scene too. Oh,
1: they'll give yeah. them a heightened. I, I think Essendon versus Carlton will be the game that no one bothers turning up to, um, including the players.
0: But to have dull ups against both Essendon and Carlton means that uh, their percentage should get a nice little boost. And when they're finishing, you know, maybe around the 10th, 11th mark, maybe they're level with wins with Melbourne. If they've got those little percentage boosters in the bank, not not a little bad uh, uh, card to have. Yeah.
2: And when you're looking at teams who, I mean, obviously we've been talking about St Kilda having a young squad and what they would aspire to be. You'd think that the path for them to get in the top eight would be similar to where the Bulldogs went to get there, where young players stepped up and provided, uh, performed key roles that sort of got them over the line. Yeah. So I think the big game they'll have in, or the yardstick they would look to measure themselves against, would be against the Bulldogs, which I think is round two. Round two. Which I think actually might be going to that game. So... I
0: think... Oh, yeah, we are too. And yeah. it's... Okay, it's a good time to go into the key games. Not only is it a good measuring stick for them, but uh, the big Rusciuto is... uh Rusciuto. The hell, hell, hell. The um, Nick Riewoldt uh, is looking <laughs> for uh, that being game number 300. Really? So, yeah, when those tickets go on sale next Friday morning, we better jump on them. So
2: if you go to that game, would that mean you've watched three 300s and 400s? No, so, yeah. I've seen
0: one 400. One 400. Yeah, in Brisbane. Oh, that's right, yeah.
1: But we, we might uh, get to see his breakthrough.
0: But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. That is a massive game in round two. Um, uh, for uh, St Kilda um, not just on the season but a chance to give an absolute champion uh, yeah. a, a good send yep. um, I was going to say send off but it's round two he's got another whole season to go yeah.
2: and it seems like the Bulldogs and St Kilda are the ones that are fighting to make Essendon Stadium their own because no one really has yet it's always been the away teams that have got the biggest crowds there like I remember going to see North Melbourne and Richmond and mm. you could see the little section of North Melbourne members <laughs> and the rest of it was yeah. all yellow and black
0: well, it's interesting because Essendon, um, I think they've come the closest. Yeah, yeah. But they're going to have a shit year this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carlton, too. Yeah. Um, so out of all the tenants, um, you've got North, West and Saints. You've got a yeah. chance to really say, Nut, nah, it's our fucking yeah. ground. Um, and this is the best year to do it because the two um, wealthy clubs are going to be 17th, shit. 18th.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Nick Revell, he, he's going to play his 300th and finish out the season do you reckon he hands over the reins at the end
0: it's his choice I think it's a hundred percent his choice I know that they'll always go back and say um, it's up to the team and you know the leadership group and the coaches yep. but I think for somebody that's done everything he's done for the club and the mm. way he's done it you know put his body yep. on the line yep. and um, he's still
2: developing his game like as, he's, as he grows older you know what I mean he's realizing he can't do as much as what he used to do his
0: tank hasn't got any smaller yeah no. like
2: he'll run a whole game yeah he,
0: yeah it's it, more than any other player. You've got to go to a, a game to appreciate what he does, mm. um, yep. especially in you know a, a side that has not won many games in the last yeah. couple of years.
2: Well, we've talked before.
1: He plays a lot like Richo used to, yeah. In that his ability to be mobile and offer seven, eight options every time, yeah. and hunt uh, the, ball. the balls coming through. It's brilliant. It's second, third, fourth, fifth efforts. Really play to watch and t- take a screamer. Doesn't go off yeah.
0: to his teammates nearly enough as enough <laughs> as Richo did. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can work on that.
2: But they got BJ for that, so...
0: Well, they used to, but yeah. He yeah. probably still goes yeah. off at him. Yeah. You fucking yeah. pass it to me. <laughs> not on my team anymore, Can't. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the other big games for the year I've got is uh, rounds 22 and 23. 22 is I got against the Tigers because there is still an outside chance... Like you say, the, like the Bulldogs last year, yeah. they could sneak into the 8, in which case round 22 against the Tigers could be very telling for them.
2: Yeah, and look, when you look at what what they've got and what they did last season and how you'd hope that they would progress, yep. uh, for a best case scenario, you would think they'd be fighting for that 6th down to 8th spot.
0: We try and sneak into the last spot. Yeah,
2: they're definitely up there as contenders. And it's going to be close as well when you look at Geelong, likely taking a huge step forward yeah. as well. So it makes it even tighter around that area, which is great for footy and great well, for spectators. Uh,
0: they've got a good draw. They yeah. they could do it.
2: Yeah. Speaking of tight around that area,
1: what do you reckon about the Pride Cup? What's that? Uh, they, the...
0: they played against the Swans. Yeah. The... Last year was the first time. What
1: is it? It's a Gay Pride um, Cup, I guess. Challenge match. It's in Etihad this year. Um, obviously, Saint Kilda, being known as a. a the suburb itself being welcoming to... Prostitutes. Well, that
2: too. Well, they're but, on... Uh, they're all on, communities. They're on both sides of the bar at the prince, so... Yeah, <laughs> let's put it that way. But, I, um...
0: I don't really get it. Like, I, I'm not offended. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you find any way to try and market a game. But yeah. that's the way I look at it. Is It's a way to market a game. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I'm probably not the people they're trying to draw in with it anyway. Um, yeah. I'm already sold. So, I'm going to go watch the footy. So, they're trying to draw in a new crowd... If that's the way they do it, it gets more people through the gates. If it yeah. gets PR points, who cares? It's no skin off my nose no, whatsoever.
1: I mean, at least they've played it straight, if whatever pun you want to make, um, in that they haven't tried to pander. As in, they haven't gone, well, it's two for one Chardonnays or some bullshit. They said, no, this is footy. We're focusing on this crowd if you guys want to come along, and you're more than welcome, but we're
2: not uh, going to pink wash anything. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the jury's probably still out. Let's see what happens at the ground. <laughs> 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 they could still have some shit in the works. <laughs> but yeah, like, like you're saying, I couldn't give a shit. I mean, if the game's going to be good, I'll go watch it. Whatever the cause is, yeah. all for it. No, 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 I've got nothing.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. If it brings an, another section of the community to the footy, yeah. good, all yep. for it. Um, but I'm not offended by it, and I'm not going to enticed by it either. It's well, it's just there's so many themed games that mm, it's hard right. to get excited yeah. about them all.
1: Well, I think the the thing I like about it is that somewhere out there in AFL land, under 15s or whatever, there's probably. Statistically, you have to say there's a couple of gay kids running around in the footy. They may, may be not out, whatever. But this sort of thing lets them know that that's okay. You can still be gay and be involved in footy and go play for whatever team you want. Uh, unless nobody helps them.
2: Footy, footy change rooms are gay as fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> the amount of. Uh, uh, it is the most homosexual place in the damn world. Yeah. And, and the, I think the good thing about this is that. Um, the gay community would be able to go there and they will be able to boot anyone because no one's going to tell them <laughs> that they're being discriminatory <laughs> so I'm all for it I think if if the general airfield community teams up with the gay community we can go back and start booing people on the field so I'm
0: well, a big supporter in fact I've convinced myself I'm in you're in I'm yep. in yeah. um, do they they played the Maddie Cup um, last year as well yeah against, against the Tigers, uh, the Tigers. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's going to be an annual thing now or if it was a one off
2: I honestly hope so um, I mean, what was it for again? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Maddie, yeah. Sister Nick goes, Rewalt's sister. Cystic fibrosis, was it? Yeah. Jack Rewalt's. Cystic cancer. Oh, I thought it was cancer. No, cystic, yeah. I don't
0: know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Jack Re- uh, sorry. Nick Rewalt's sister died of cancer. Cancer. Yeah, who cystic. is yeah, Jack Rewalt's yeah. cousin.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was her, but I didn't know what she actually died of. Or I, or I believe anything. so, but I could be wrong. Just uh, just, uh,
1: the warm up head of that. <laughs> the um, lead up head of that game where they both went to the ground together and. You know, they had such emotion about the whole thing. And all through the season, you were seeing them sort of at every win, sort of saluting the sky. Uh, I, I thought it was a brilliant football story and just shows how much uh, of themselves they were giving to the game, the team, everything. I would love for it to become a yearly event. I, I think it's, in, it's brilliant for cancer awareness. Uh, it's fantastic they can acknowledge the personal story of these two fantastic players. Uh, I hope it keeps going.
0: There's a reason for it. Yeah, you know, it's not yeah. Um, manufactured or anything like that, and Very it was something much. that the players themselves, I believe, went to the club and said, "This is what we want to do." Yeah, yeah. I mean, if uh,
1: if you know, those players retire, then you know maybe you wouldn't have it. But... Maybe it
0: is, who knows? But I mean, it's like uh, the pink test in the yeah. uh, at the SEG McGrath, Foundation. The McGrath yeah. Foundation, which I think is day two or day three. Of the test is yep. the pink day. Yeah, like McGrath's obviously retired, but there's still a reason for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it it came organically, um, which is what I like about. Uh, the the Madeleine game um, for, yeah. for that reason. So there's still a reason to go on um, with it. So, yeah, hopefully it does. Uh, yeah, I'm I'd, not I'd sure th- if it's on for next year or not.
1: I think it's a, a fantastic addition to the football calendar. And not just that, the, the social calendar, the cultural calendar
2: of Melbourne in general. And the good thing is that the Shane Warren Foundation is going to have fuck all to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so. It'll fuck all to do with anything, I think. Yeah, so the yeah, funds probably get there.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I'm getting sued. Get me out of here.
0: <laughs> so on the Saints. Players side of things, who's due for a big year this year?
1: Well, Well, there's a lot, isn't there? (laughs) Well, the safe bet's Armitage. He's going to have a fantastic year because he's that damn talented.
0: I want to see him back it up and and push Um, All-Australian.
1: I also want to see Billings with a full season because obviously, you know, only played nine games in 2015. I think he could be an absolute superstar. So if he can get through 20-plus games...
0: Just keep himself uh, tidy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we could see him just dominating.
0: Yeah,
2: I think Luke Dunstan is another one that you want to step up after more or less having a year off. Uh, A
0: few more goals out of him.
2: Came out in the first year, in his first year, and did well. Um, Got a bit found out in his second year. So you expect him to make those adjustments and come back really to uh, put himself up there as uh, AFL uh, leadership potential.
0: Last year we had two, I'll say, unknown forwards, really uh, put their names into lights, and yep. uh, being Josh Bruce and Cam McCarthy. Yeah. Now, we know what's happened with Cam McCarthy, and he's probably not going to play a game of footy this year. And yep. if he does, it'll be just, you know, oh, great, good to see you out there again, Yeah. Hey? Yeah. before he fucks off to Frio. It'll
2: be mental health week or whatever yeah. he's trying to pass on us.
0: So it's up to Josh Bruce, then, to carry the flag for unheralded forwards um, mm-hmm. and show that it wasn't just a fluke last year. Yeah. Um, he's going to get more attention... Um, especially if Nick's playing up the ground more,
2: which they've indicated they are going to try, didn't they? Yep. Yeah.
0: And and then also that means there's a, a space for Paddy McCartan, yeah. Um, if he lines up for his first game this year,
1: yeah. I think you're very right. Like the how Bruce deals with that attention is going to be fantastic to watch because you get some players who once they become that genuine option, they get a bit overawed by the situation and they sort of back off. But other guys just go, "No, nah, I'm fucking taking this on," and they have a brilliant run. So it could he could turn out to be exactly what they need and become the player you want him to be or he could fold
0: just what those one or two goals a game yep. you know, 40 goals for a season I think would mm. be great for, for Bruce
1: one or two with, with the occasional splash Yeah, where he pops up for four or five like, oh, wow. well,
0: I mean they got like we said we've got uh, two games against Essendon and Carlton so yeah. they haven't got a back line either of them Yeah. well actually he might be lining up on Weedering
2: yeah it could be too and uh, you'd like to see them just go one on one just to see, see how, how they go yeah
0: um, and Wittering's a massive lad yeah. for a first year player. Yep. So that'd be a great matchup, actually. If he's yeah. playing
2: fullback,
1: he'd be knackered by that time.
0: Um, I've also yeah. got Mav Weller um, down. Because uh, I, yep. I think if there is a player to step up to have that little bit of mongrel about yeah. him, that little bit of uh, muscle, <coughs> excuse me, um, especially down back, it might be him. Yeah, um, I think he's maturing very well um, yeah. into this side. Uh, be that sort of. Um, that general across half-back moving into the midfield and um, assisting Fisher yeah. in that role. So yep. I'm hoping for a big year for Mavwela.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he's uh, mature mature as well. He's 23 years old, I think. I think So so, um,
0: so, yeah, he's not a rookie anymore. Yeah, and There's so no like you excuses.
2: said, you look at him to be really stepping up and taking ownership of the back line, which they need to do.
0: And moving into his prime. Yeah. And I've got a feeling he's a bit of a UFC fan as well. So if he can... Um, <laughs> yeah, he is too, that's right. Yeah, have yeah, spoken to him on Twitter a few times. a few tweets to him. Um, so if he can, you know, bring some of that uh, Conor McGregor into the back lines. Yeah. Or Nate Diaz, you know, depending on the week. Well, that's <laughs> Bring your um, Tate along. And also... <laughs> just just cause. Yeah, I, I, I think Saints want to stay away from uh, any any controversy they can. <laughs> yeah. um, I put Shane Savage down as well because I thought he looked like an absolute bust in, maybe it wasn't Anzac Day this year, but Anzac Day yep. last year. Yeah. He was, uh, when I say last year, I mean 2014. Yeah, um, He had an absolute shocker. Yeah, but I've always liked him at Hawthorne. Um, he's got a bigger boot than anyone gives him credit for. Yeah, and I thought he started to find his groove or settle in um, this year and had had a couple of really good games. Yep. So now he should be pushing into, um, you know, that sort of best five or six players at the Saints. Yeah. And looking to, I, I don't think he is a future captain, but he should be in that discussion. Yeah. If, yeah. if he's good enough. Yeah, I agree. And I he's mean, not
2: yet. The one player that I thought needs to stand up is, well, not needs to stand up, but really needs to do a lot of work this year will be Sam Fisher, just because the holes that the Saints had were backline related, and they've recruited some really good talent in the back lines. I mean, you've got Hugh Goddard, who's still yep. young, who's going to be a, a key defender for them. Um, you've got Jimmy Webster, who's been on the radar, but you look at him being a, a key person in the back lines. Um, who else has guys told me that they've got?
0: Um, well I mean that, that's what they recruited Carlisle for, and you've got yeah. one more year without him. Yeah so, so F- fish is going to have to play tall again
2: yeah and, you, and you've got to teach them how to play at the AFL level because like we've been saying, there's a huge leap going from AFL to the, the sort of subcategories
1: well, what hurts them though is they can't get anything out of Carlisle. he can't have any contact with the players.
0: That's a good thing. That's a a good (laughs) thing. You you want him to play. You don't want him to have an influence. They had that rule anyway. So they're prepared for that one. He gets put back in the box afterwards. So if they're the big years out of the players of the Saints, who's on the chopping block? And I found this really difficult. Yeah. Because they've gradually weaned out their senior players who were broken down or valuable enough to get high draft picks. Yeah. So they've almost got their list.
2: Yeah, I
1: I agree. I mean, if Carlisle was in, I'd say Fisher's on a chopping block, but he's not.
0: But he's too senior. You you need him. Even if Carlisle was in, that's great. It's like um, Hawthorne getting uh, Spud Frawley so that. Uh, Josh Gibson didn't have to play on the monsters. Yeah, yeah, So that's why they got Carlisle. So Fisher didn't have to play on the monsters, yeah. and he can be that general down back. Yeah, but now he's going to have to be the key backman again.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you, you look for the people around him to be getting help, like the guards and that. You're so even if he's on the chopping block, he's still got a role to play to yeah. teach the other players. But I think if St Kilda's youngsters that they've got pegged for the back line uh, like the ones we mentioned, if they stand if, up, if they stand up, then he's got to start looking at shit hope I'm a good backline coach because that's where I could be (laughs)
0: next year I put uh, so after all that there's only one name I could think of and that was uh, Sam Gilbert yeah Um, Yeah. he's he's a bit uh, iffy sometimes with the ball in hands you're a bit worried about what he does yeah Um, but his size and athleticism he could be uh, a lot better than what he is Yeah, yeah I'm saying he's not he's definitely not as big as a spud as Jesse White yeah but at his worst, he can be.
2: Yeah, and the other players they've got who do similar roles that are a bit younger and a bit more fresh, it will make it harder for him as well. You've got Jack Looney and people are, yeah. like that who can be nipping at his heels trying to try and take his
0: spot. But that's it. They are only nipping at his heels because he's 6'10". Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or whatever exactly. he bloody is. Yeah. Um, and he can move well. But you just you, you want more from him. He needs to be really yeah. demanding yeah. his spot. Yeah. As opposed to, yeah, I mm. guess.
2: Yeah, and that's the trying to, try to problem the type of problems that St Kilda are trying to have where we have to put out someone that we don't want to put out and that's going to be where they progress
0: yeah you always want to be in that position like who do I drop instead of who can I pull up
2: like shit I'm going to hurt someone's feelings god damn it (laughs) Um,
0: so after all that where do we see them in 2016
1: well I actually have them finishing 15th but looking at their last four their last four rounds they've got Carlton at home Cutting the Way, sorry, which is in Melbourne anyway. Sydney in Melbourne, Richmond in Melbourne, Brisbane in Melbourne. You could pencil them in for a comfortably Brisbane and Carlton, I'd say, and they could definitely hassle Richmond or Sydney. So I might have undersold them, but
2: for whatever reason, I've got them at 15th. 15th.
0: So in 2015, they were 14th with six wins. You got them 15th. Where you got them, Ben?
2: Yeah, and, that, and that's the... What you were saying, Josh, I think is 100% true. If they find consistency across four quarters, then look out. Yep. Because they could mm. finish like mm. anywhere from, from fifth down. But I think by memory I had them at 14th. Uh, you've got them 11th. 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 Yeah. Definitely 11th. I think you're you're, <laughs> a lot, you're closer than I am. I'll give you that much. Yeah. So I've, I think they'll be fighting for that eighth spot Yeah. I
0: think I've got them 13th. Yeah. Um, so I think that they are going to improve. Yeah but I don't know by how much. So yep. essentially, I, I think that their percentage is going to help. Um, but 13th, uh, I think if they finished any lower than 13th, they'd have to be disappointed on the season. Yeah. So 13th, I'm really saying, is their worst case scenario. I can see them sneaking into the eight, but not yeah. much higher.
2: And that's it. When you're looking at where they're going to finish, you're sort of balance it against the teams that are going to be around, and you try and think of reasons why they would finish above those teams. Yeah. And with St Kilda, the reasons why you think they'll finish above those teams are still ifs if this happens if if they be consistent if a couple players step up so it's really tough to figure out how they're actually going to go well I think it'll be Gold Coast Collingwood Adelaide uh, those
1: guys are where St Kilda should be amongst there
2: yeah 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 I agree yeah
1: but uh, it could be a raffle and you know you can throw maybe poor Bulldogs North Melbourne in that group as well you have yep. a good season you're up in your finals you have a bad season yeah, you know, you, You're kind of worried about what went wrong.
0: Look, if they drop any one of the four games they play against Essen or Carlton, that should be a massive slap in the face to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they drop one of those games, then they need a win over a top four side, like a yeah. big win. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, and not against, you know, Ross Lyons resting Frio yeah. late in the year, yeah. which they don't get this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, 13th is the the worst case scenario i see. seen, but um, if they snuck inside of the eight, happy days.
2: Yeah, yeah. And every chance to do it... Uh, And even if they don't, you're still going to be positive if they finish around there, that mark for St Kilda because you don't see them going backwards in the next couple of years.
0: They're on the right track. Yeah.
1: If they finish top 10, damn good season. Yeah, absolutely. I agree.
0: All right, that's it for the Saners. Good good
1: night, guys. Peace.